You're listening to the Soakin' Community Podcast. Your favorite source for gaming, film, and internet debate starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soakin' Podcast. I'm your host, T, and with me are Jace and Leo. Jace Drayson! Hello, I'm Leo. As if 2020 could get any worse, Skyrim Grandma is having to take a leave of absence for a while. Some people were reporting that it was due to negativity in her comments, but she actually came out and said herself that she was taking a break for health reasons and then politely slammed the people spreading false rumors. You go, Skyrim Grandma. You go, girl. I love Shirley Curry. I've been following her for quite some time, and she's just the nicest lady. I happened to catch her live stream the first time she ever played ESO. Like, she had been playing Skyrim forever, but then she played ESO, and it was so cute watching her sort of figure out all the things, and nothing's really like Skyrim in there, so she was confused, but she was so patient and sweet. I love her. She is a breath of fresh air. Like... When it comes to a lot of gaming personalities, um, I don't know. They, they they tend to be, let's say, a little less wholesome than than old Shirley Curry, Skyrim Grandma. She, yeah, she she was a, a breath of fresh air. It really um, irked me when I found out people were not kind to her. Yeah, uh, me too. I well, let's say. I was really irked when I read some of the stories that had come out because I was like, oh, these terrible gamers. And then when she came out, she was like, listen, it wasn't a deluge of harassment. She's, she was irritated by people like uh, asking her why she wasn't playing the game this way or I don't know. But she came back to old sweet grandma and she was like, my, my followers are mostly like really nice they're all super nice i was like oh <laughs> she's back <laughs> my grandma didn't even want to learn about cell phones she said all she wants is a hello goodbye phone and anybody who stares at their phone all day needs to get a life a hello goodbye phone is that yeah, like just a landline that's it just you say hello you talk goodbye there's no need for all this other bells and whistles <laughs> golden oldies my grandmother teaches other people how to use technology that's awesome but i mean i mean you're you're what 15 years old so <laughs> <laughs> Oof, all right maybe by the time we film next season i'll be able to legally drink <laughs> <laughs> look i had to get a jab in for you calling us old on the last episode yeah we took it like champs i'm well known for that by the way Alright, well today we'll be talking about a scandal with the company G2A, the long-awaited game Cyberpunk, which we've somehow like not talked about at all so far, and Tom Cruise wants to go to space. Does that mean we're blasting off? I think Tom Cruise would be going back to space, right? I mean, that's where, that's he where he's from, from. yes. <laughs> For those unaware, G2A is a website that acts like an online pawn shop for games, somewhat similar to Steam. They sell game keys at reduced prices for games themselves, as well as some DLC, and have been a questionable practice for a good bit now. In response to some of that questioning, they invited people to prove that their keys were illegally obtained and then said that they would take them down if they could. 
and then someone did. A number of their keys were proven to be illegally obtained, and just last week, an article from Polygon announced that G2A paid the developers of Factorio $39,000 over a lawsuit. While a lot of the keys have been taken down, many are still up and the marketplace is still active. Have you guys ever used G2A? Or would you ever use it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, that sounds to shady to me. I'm not doing it. Have you ever heard of LimeWire? That sounds like LimeWire, and I'm not I'm not down for that because you can get some bad stuff on your computer. It sounds like a shadier version of LimeWire, though. Like, yeah. I, I had to look up what G2A was for for this, and I was, <laughs> yeah, it, it there were a lot of uh, red flags and stay away signs for me. Also, it just doesn't seem right. Like, if I'm going to buy something, I want to go through the legit channels. It... I think that going backdoor on something is generally, generally a bad idea. Is it? <laughs> I said generally. I think. <laughs> uh, I I'm way too concerned about um, spending money on something that I'm I'm never going to see, uh, and I have to trust a uh, a producer of of that, like Amazon. Like I'll I'll buy something from Amazon because I trust Amazon's going to deliver. Um, I'm not going to go to some shady website that's promising me keys at right. reduced prices. Like mm, no, something's up with that. And yeah, it does. It's not good. Sounds like I don't know why it would even be legal. Quite frankly, it's not file sharing like Torrent and Lime Lime LimeWire were, but it gives me that same vibe. Like this is something you probably shouldn't be doing for multiple reasons. Not least of which um, is putting your rig at risk. Rig. What a gamer. Have I ever told you that I have a way oversized tower because it was on sale and I didn't know I didn't know it was the giantest one? No. You're gonna have yeah. to send a picture now. <laughs> it's huge. Oh boy. Alright. Uh eighty percent of G2A's business is in indie games. Although a lot of their keys are used or allegedly stolen, it does give gamers a chance to experience more games that they may not have otherwise. While money in the pocket of developers is preferable, do you think that this exposure is helpful in any way to the creators of the games that are sold on this market? I mean, that is such a... Is that a dumb question? I mean, it's kind of like saying, you know, I, I broke into Target and I got a Samsung TV off the shelf and snuck out in the middle of the night with it. Sorry, that's probably not a great analogy during current times. But um, it's probably good for Samsung because I got exposed to their great product. And in the future, I might buy one. <laughs> I mean, I think. We hope you've enjoyed your game being used as internship periods. <laughs> Man. I mean, I do think there is maybe potential for there to be some exposure. Let's say somebody uses one of these keys and they are a streamer or, you know, somebody who otherwise lets other people see these games. I do think there's there's potential for exposure that wouldn't otherwise be there. But, I, I mean, I still don't think it's worth it. One distributor, Mike Rose from No More Robots, has even stated, I'd rather players pirate the game than purchase from a controversial marketplace because devs don't see a penny either way. Thoughts? Yeah, I think... I think Jason and I are in total lockstep on this on this particular subject. I mean, I I have to agree with old Mike here. Um, 
if I were a developer, I would be in, I would, I would feel that way also. Um, rather than some slimy company making a profit off of stealing my games, I would, if it's going to be stolen, I'd rather somebody just pirate it and, and play it. Um, I would prefer that neither of those, but of the two, I don't want a slimy company making money off of it. I don't know, but doesn't the... It seems to me that developers have more of a chance to get paid from slimy companies rather than some back alley side street hustler that's selling keys to games. I mean, you're, I'd rather get a paycheck that's legit and hope and pray that the mafia is going to give me a cut. The, ga yeah. the gamer mafia. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think this was just about like an individual who pirates the game versus an individual who gives this controversial marketplace money for a stolen copy of the game. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like in in the large term, uh, just by sheer volume, you're more likely to get at least a little bit in return. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's a whole lot given how many lawsuits there are and how much money they've been given away. And apparently... They stopped um, their their promise. What was it like? They were giving away. Uh, when this came out, they did say that they were going to pay back the devs for any stolen keys tenfold. But they yeah, have since tenfold. rescinded that promise, presumably because there was it cost them too much money. Well, yeah. yeah. What a terrible thing to say. If I see anyone stealing, I will pay you ten times what it, the stolen thing is worth. Who would say that? That's the, that's a stupid claim, and dummies say things like that. Well, and there's also, um, if these are used keys, I mean, someone bought it, other players just getting it, and giving that money to this intermediary company, the dev hasn't seen any of that. I don't know. It seems terrible. Terrible. Now, there is, at least part of this is legal. Because it is legal to buy and sell game keys, at least as long as those are legally obtained. That is valid, and it is a legal practice. Do you think G2A is a valid business? Man, valid business? I don't right. know. Um, there are wow. a lot of valid business I don't like. Like cash advance places, or uh, what are they? The paycheck advance places? Yeah. They're legal. I don't like them. They're valid. Yeah. I don't know about. I don't know what valid means. Business is like you're talking about just an exchange, something transactional happening. So, like, based on that definition, a drug dealer runs a small business, or maybe a large one if they're a successful drug dealer. But valid, I don't know. If 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 um, the FEC isn't coming down on them. I guess it's as valid as any other sorry business out there. Like looking at you, tobacco. <laughs> Big tobacco. Valid in the eyes of capitalism, but not valid in our hearts. <laughs> All right. Well, for the time being, G2A is still active. Lawsuits continue to be looked over, and the marketplace has so far been true to its word about paying devs back for stolen keys. But legally obtained keys, those who have yet to be proven illegal, are still being sold.
one of the few good things left in 2020 that we are looking forward to, and perhaps the most anticipated game of this year, is Cyberpunk 2077, a dystopian sci-fi world of violent action, exploration, and meeting Keanu Reeves as he picks you up from some kind of explosion or weekend-long bender. Ever since a trailer released in 2019 featuring the beloved movie star as a character in the game, fans have been beyond hyped for this new title, and news has been scarce at best. The game is rumored to be incredibly mature, with a recent press release making claims that players can adjust their, um, private details? Genitalia? Among other things, the game is likely to have some very rated M details. Do you think that Cyberpunk will actually dive into this in, in a, as a serious sort of content, or do you think it'll wind up on a similar level to GTA or Saints Row? Uh, this is CD Projekt Red, right? The guys yeah. who made yes. Witcher. Yep. So yeah, I mean, they did it before. I And I think they're looking to do it more with Cyberpunk. Yeah, I think so too. I'm actually very excited for the mature content and not for the reasons you think. That's just sure. one right, reason. Right. Right. But I do look forward to some, some, you know, I'm obviously as, as we have explored in the past, this is not usually my type of genre. I'm not into the dystopian, but I do love the sci-fi. So I'm really actually excited to explore the, the more mature content. I'm not a big fan of GTA or Saints Row. Um, I don't necessarily love gratuitous stuff, but if, if, if those kind of gritty things are couched in good gameplay or good story, good narrative, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I've actually been really stoked about this game since before the Keanu Reeves trailer. That that kind of set it off on the in the blogosphere, but I was already tracking this game for some time. I liked it before it was cool. Jace 2020. <laughs> I so GTA and Saints Row though, like their adult content is more like like giant purple uh toys items. <laughs> right like that's like they have they have themes but it's not like diving into those themes like um like i think cyberpunk will i don't imagine who knows maybe there are giant purple toys in cyberpunk as well but i do think they're cyberpunk i think they intend to take it to the like visceral level with it yeah indeed and this isn't the first game that has allowed adjustments of the more private type. Conan had that. You could adjust your length, girth, and width in that too. You still can. I mean, I never, I never played it, but I, I did Google it so I could see that what that was all about. <laughs> oh yeah, nope, that's true. Yeah, there's some jiggly bits. <laughs> Do you guys think that the mature ratings will affect their sales at all? It will likely make their sales better, I would imagine. Um, first of all, because uh, your your mature gamers, those of us who have gamed since the Atari days, are are on board. Um, but let's be honest: most people who are not of the age of the play the rated in for mature tag buy the game anyway. I mean, there are a few parents I think that regulate, but for the most part, I think kids get to get the games they want to get, especially in this click and download era where, where there's not a lot of <clears throat> controls on on you know different places you can just download a game from well most people do just download a game rather than go to the store and buy it so 
there's not a lot of gates on keeping people out. I think that it's just going to push the sales up. That's actually an interesting thought about how it's difficult to regulate it for kids. Um, I, I do think it will affect sales. Um, I, I think there are obviously people who aren't going to buy it because of the mature um, uh, elements of the game. And now depending on just how um, detailed those elements are, I do think it's going to turn some people off. But honestly, um, I games like that, I've actually found were... Um, like we, I played The Witcher 3, and I played it with my whole family watching much of the game. Now, there was a lot of the game I had to, uh, let's say, sprint through in order to get to the other side of, you know. And fortunately, a lot of it was optional in The Witcher, so actually, I think all of it was. Um, we just didn't explore that with the storytelling because my, my kids were there and watching gameplay. Um, if cyberpunk goes even further than the witcher did yeah i don't know it'll make me think about it at least although i'll probably get it anyway <laughs> <laughs> i do think that's where most honest. people are going to come down they're going to come down on the side to buy the thing our culture is pretty primed for taking our fun things and making them nasty or dirty or mature logan rated our superhero movie deadpool rated our superhero movie they're they're highly critically acclaimed they're very popular among the peoples i i really do think this is going to be along that kind of that kind of realm of it's edgy it's too much it's you know gritty and I think people are going to go to it. Have you ever had that experience where you're playing a video game, like let's say Dragon Age, and you, you know you've been playing for 120 hours, and then there's like a 60 second cutscene of the characters rubbing their Barbie parts against each other, and someone walks in the room right on that part and looks at you like, "What are you playing?" I'm like, "No, this isn't <laughs> a game. It's just one scene, just me." No, that's my whole gaming life. <laughs> is that <laughs> is my wife walking in at those moments, <laughs> like? A, I promise this is this just happened. You couldn't have come in while I was running around gathering elf fruit for twelve hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of the mature rating, there is a rumor that Rockstar is holding off on announcing information about the upcoming GTA six title, supposedly because they're waiting for Cyberpunk to release to see what their competition might be like. With Saints Row being Rockstar's biggest competitor for that style of game prior. Do you think Cyberpunk will be similar enough to pose a threat in the market? God, I hope not. I hope that it's really different because I don't really care for either one of those games and I'm I'm looking for a different experience. Yeah, as am I. I This is the, this is the podcast where Jason and I just agree over and over. <laughs> it's just the finale, maybe that's what we always work towards. Yeah. Um we finally changed each other's minds so that we agree. Um the like cyberpunk doesn't strike me as very close to saints row or gta either like i don't know uh, but again i i don't know what cyberpunk is going to be like as a game but everything i hope it is is not gta or saints row um, unless they take gta into a more serious tone well they could add you know deeper elements to gta to make it more to, and maybe that's what they're waiting to see if the direction that they have taken the development which is maybe more narrative more cutscenes, more in-depth gameplay um 
But I don't know why they'd hold off, because if it is similar, what are they going to do? Go back to the drawing board and fix it? I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, even if GTA goes more serious and has more cutscenes, it, it's still, like, thematically, it's a game about stealing cars. Right. And Cyberpunk, I mean, maybe you steal cars in Cyberpunk as well, but I hope that better not be what that game is about. I don't think it is. Everything that I've seen and read about it, it looks very narrative-driven. More in line with, say, a pretty deep, choice-impactful RPG-type right. game. Yeah. That's what it, it more reads as to me. But that's that's CD Projekt Red. Like that's that's what they do, and they have done very well. Like The Witcher Three is. I mean, it might be my favorite rpg i mean it's stellar i know you have a different opinion on that jace but every time we talk about it i feel like i need to go back and play it and every time i go back and play it i get like 20 minutes in and think ugh. yeah that's well that's me with a lot of games you recommend <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but if if they can do with cyberpunk like they do like they did with witcher 3 in terms of um, the the way they craft the story, how the decisions do impact the plot. I mean, if they can do it, and I have I have trust that they will. They've they've not let me down yet. Um, so, fingers crossed, man. I'm looking forward to it. Same. One of the few things in this world that Leo does still have faith in. <laughs> oh man, well that's. I think true. it's Keanu. Keanu brought the faith out in you. <laughs> he did. Are you a Reeves Batarian? He's he's a great man. Yes. Keanu Jeeves. Speaking of, the trailers give us information that we're going to be playing some kind of anarchist or anti-regime character, perhaps in a rebellion led by Keanu. Exactly who we are and what's going on isn't really clear, but what do you guys expect so far for the plot? Well, you just said everything that I know. <laughs> yeah. about it, so. I'm scared to go outside <laughs> what, what we know. I, I'm expecting... Here's, here's my big thing. I am expecting character or player choice to matter. I am expecting for all of those elements that we just talked about there, you know, anarchist, anti-regime change stuff. I, I expect that what I do in the game is going to really impact the world around me in the game. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm expecting for plot, to get to really impact it. And that's not done well very often in games. And when it is done well, it's the best. Yeah, there. Um, I think some of the games I've seen that have done that kind of storytelling the best were, and I hate to say this, because uh, I'm going to eat a lot of crow here, but they were some console games. Uh, uh, Detroit, being human, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. become human, become human. Yeah, thank you. Um, is phenomenal video game storytelling. It, it is. The choices are impactful. Um, you know the, the the and and I like that they even let you see how your choices affected the the plot. Yeah. Um, between levels, I hope Cyberpunk does something like that because I do think that's the new standard for um, for storytelling twists and turns and um, player choice. Witcher Three had that, but it didn't it didn't do as good a job, I don't think, of like showing it to you. Um, I I like that, and I, and I hope they do that too. It definitely entices further replayability. A hundred percent. For sure, but do y'all do that thing 
where you have a canon playthrough and then you have a hard time ever playing it again once you've done your canon your head canon playthrough i do yes i just uh, want to be nice to the pixels okay <laughs> you too i do too, same. I do too. That's why I always play some kind of paladin-like character in in every MMO I I RP in. I mean, heck, we're we're a guild of holy knights right now, holy rollers. So yeah, I I can't be bad. I I do find I often give it the old college try, um, but like I've said before, once I get to a certain point and I've got my questions answered about what you know what changes, I kind of get bored. Renegade Paragon, Renegade Paragon, Renegade Paragon, Paragon. <laughs> Every time. Alright, with all this hype, do you think that Cyberpunk will be able to live up to its expectations? I think that it will. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I know you're shocked that I'm optimistic about this game, but I am. I do think this is going to be a fantastic game. I am going to go out on a limb here and say Game of the Year. Oh my. Actually, I mean, I... <laughs> I think it's a shoo-in for game of the year. Um, if it does live up to the hype, for sure. I, I do have confidence that um, CD Projekt Red can deliver because they have. Um, it, even if they give me um, a Witcher 3 set in a dystopian cyberpunk universe, I'll enjoy that. Um, I, I think they're going to do better than that. And that makes me excited. So yeah, I think they'll live up to it. Have we even had any other major titles coming out this year, though? Yeah, we've talked about a few. Um, I'm trying to think as a major as or anything that I'm looking forward to as much. Yeah, Last of yeah. Us 2. Avengers and... is going to be a biggie. I'm actually, as big of an Avengers fan that I am, I mean, you know, I go on and on about the MCU. I'm more excited about playing Cyberpunk than I am about playing the Avengers game. I have... I don't think I've ever played... Well, no, that's not true. Um, there were a couple of superhero MMOs I liked, but I don't think I've ever liked any superhero non-MMOs. Huh. Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man on... Uh, I highly oh, recommend Spider-Man. That's right. That console peasantry. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic game. I, I bought the Sony PS4 for that game, and I do not regret it. Well, it sounds like something we'll discuss next season. <laughs> you guys are going to make me buy a PlayStation 4 and play that <laughs> stupid game. <laughs> Maybe. For now, Cyberpunk 2077 is set to release in September of this year. You can bet that we'll be talking about it a lot more once it comes out. So, Tom Cruise wants to go to space. Which, fair. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to go to space? Mortal peril aside. Uh, Wired and a variety of other Hollywood news sources have been releasing info over the past few weeks that the famed celebrity actor is trying to set up a movie shot in space. Rumors have cropped up that he's working with SpaceX to make this dream a reality, and they did just get people into space again, so do you think that they'll be able to make this happen? As, as much as I think Tom Cruise is a uh, maniac <laughs> in my professional um, internet savvy opinion um, he's a phenomenal 
and committed actor um i have i've really liked his work as much as i think he's a you know an alien um so i i do think this is something that he's got the money and he probably is crazy enough to push it until it does become a reality um and i think spacex is probably a good way to do it you know lance bass wanted to go to space too and that didn't happen so <laughs> i'm i have a feeling that it may not come to fruition i i do as well admire the man for his commitment i mean his stunt his stunts come on y'all he does his own stunts and he does big stunts the type that are just wildly dangerous and hanging on to outside of airplanes and skydiving and <clears throat> he does a lot of that stuff i i can imagine him going to space to shoot a movie i don't know i just have a feeling that perhaps the space force won't allow that to happen because they're protecting <laughs> that area now maybe have you have you watched the show no i've watched two Sorry. two uh, two episodes just i have watched two thing. episodes as well <laughs> it makes me laugh doug lemon uh director of some of the born movies edge of tomorrow mr and mrs smith and a bunch of other tom cruise movies is supposedly in talks with cruise to direct this space movie based on this do you think that it would be are they like looking for an action adventure film and how will you how will that translate to shooting in actual space so my gut here is that they're not going to shoot the entire film in space i think that would be entirely too dangerous for for the things that you have to do to make film happen my guess is that they will shoot um you know several of the weightless scenes in space maybe some of the dialogue acting in space but when it comes to actually doing some blowing stuff up and making it action adventure that i suppose that they'll likely could take that to um a studio and do some gfx yeah i i mean fix Tom it in Cruise, post fix yeah. it in post yeah i hear that's Sil's favorite phrase um if uh it's i mean it's tom cruise it's going to be action adventure um does he do much else has he been eyes Since... wide shut oh god um, oh i hated that movie that one where he slid through in his panties what's that uh risky business <laughs> like that's been a while but oh you know, and and the uh, rain man yeah rain man yeah which was a really great film i did i didn't like rain man quite a bit okay so it's not exclusively action measure but it's certainly his his main genre i guess um i think it would be weird if this wasn't an action adventure and i agree they they the whole movie being shot in space seems silly i do think they're looking for that realism so i think um there's obviously a lot of limitations of what you can do in space but um just the cost of getting up there alone seems prohibitive enough to um to make it untenable like why would you have that expense when you can achieve all the effects putting actors in the vomit comet and getting your microgravity there i mm -hmm. I, I don't know it's an interesting move but <laughs> mr cruz is an interesting man I think he's bored. I think he's just done so many things, so much money as an experience, so many parts of life that none of us ever really will, that he's wanting to push the envelope to a place where no man has gone before. Yeah, I I agree. He he is the 
well and what I, what I was getting to with like just him being such a committed actor I do think he exactly he wants to do that precisely he wants to push to the next like whatever the next horizon is and right now that horizon is space that horizon will soon be the moon uh that horizon might be mars after that um and he's the guy or he's one actor who i think wants to constantly move the goalpost to the next spot and this is it one might call filming in space the final frontier of filmmaking one might so how do you think the unique logistics and the cost of this are going to be achieved? Because there's so many people involved with any TVs whatsoever, like even commercials. There's an entire list of crew members that you need to make sure that everything's running properly. And then there's a different list of crew members you would need to get any spacecraft safely up or back down again. Maybe they'll do like on Armageddon, how they, they needed to go mine in space, so they taught miners how to be astronauts. So maybe they'll like take a key grip and teach them how to fly a spaceship or take a cameraman yeah. and make learn how to, I don't know, flush vacuum poop out of the space shuttle. <laughs> well, that's actually um, in, in researching this particular topic, um, this won't be the first movie actually shot in space. Um, there was uh another one shot prior to this i uh, uh it's a, it's a, it didn't turn out very well but um i think it cost the guy who wanted to go an absurd like 300 million dollars in order to in order to do it <clears throat> but he had to he had to train to be an active member of the crew um so he had a role on the the ship and he had a role on the space station while he was there um, and I think that's going to be how they do it um, as funny as it sounds I think that's the most likely means of getting it done well I feel sheepish because I was literally making a joke yeah well, that's it does sound silly but I mean I think that's how but I think too they'll have to figure it down like obviously you're not going to have craft services follow you up in space to yeah. cut out your your food spread <laughs> like it's <laughs> there's going to be pieces of film uh, culture, uh, crew life that just isn't going to make it up there. Totally. Um, they're going to bring packets of Tang instead of the, <laughs> that craft service table. But uh, I, I mean, I think we've also seen a reduction in what it costs to go. So that 300 million, I don't think is, I don't think it's anywhere near that today. And I suspect, you know, if SpaceX can keep doing what it's doing i mean the cost may go down considerably um and who knows if you can put a tesla in space why can't you put tom cruise there just put him in a suit so whenever a crazy new movie or game is coming out we do have to ask the question is it necessary obviously shooting a movie in space is a cool idea and it's never been done to the degree that tom cruise is promising or considering doing it but do you think that they're just going to give us a story that is just there to justify shooting in space? Or do you think that it's actually going to be a movie worth seeing? I think these are um, two people who are committed enough to the craft that 
it's going to be something worth seeing. If what they do turns out to be garbage, I don't think they're going to put it out. Um, I think they're going to eat the cost of it and say, you know, that's that's the cost of the art that we do. Um, so I'm, I don't know, necessary? Eh, <laughs> no, but um, is it the next frontier? Is it the next step? Yeah, and uh, I I think when it comes out, if it does come out, I'll probably want to go see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I see most of his movies anyway. Why not see one that was filmed in space? That's just another draw for me. But as far as it being necessary, you know, there's something in the human spirit that just pushes us along, right? What Wasn't it the, the mountaineer Mallory, I believe was his name, when he was going to climb Mount Everest? And they asked him, why do you feel like you must go to the summit of Everest? And he said, because it's there. It's kind of the same thing. Why do you need to film a movie in space? Because it's there. We haven't successfully put out a blockbuster from there yet. We faked it, but we never actually did it. This is this is our time, I feel. I don't think they should try it in 2020, though. Not goes right in 2020. It's, it's like all those memes where you see, like, scientists discover 20 uh, mummies in a sarcoph or in a, in a room that was just busted open and then all the replies are like no put him back this is not the year this is not the year <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah like they found the 33 creatures in a cave that hasn't yeah. been open for five million years and everyone's like seal it up until next year <laughs> this is not the year you are playing with forces you do not understand <laughs> oh 2020 it's been the longest decade <laughs> very little information about when where and how this space movie will be made exists so far hopefully it works out and maybe we'll even change the market for science fiction we'll just have to wait and see so for today's tea time question this is our season finale and we got endings on the brain so i've got a big question for you guys among any game, movie, show, or book, what is the best ending you've ever experienced, and why? The Star Wars sequels. Uh, <laughs> let me just say, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't even continue that with a straight face. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, Sil, just for the background, I revoke the resignation that I just sent you when Leo started talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh so man this this is tough um to narrow it down to what my favorite was um among all those because i don't know they have different like a, the i'm gonna okay i'm gonna use the lord of the rings trilogy because i i think it actually fits a couple of these and it's um they were my favorite when i experienced them in those multiple vehicles of storytelling so that's that's why it's my answer um the lord of the rings uh when i when i read the books for the first time and i got to the ending i loved it absolutely loved it it kind of blew my teenage mind um so this was like a hundred years ago um then when i saw the movies they did the story differently 
than the books. But I think they changed them narratively to fit the big screen in a way that the books couldn't if they did the books exactly. And the ending for The Lord of the Rings was fantastic in the movies. Um, and it was a conclusion to a brilliant trilogy that blew my mind. Um, the uh, What was the last movie? There's Return of the King, Return I think. The King. Well, yeah. depends. Do you mean The Hobbit Part 2? No, not The Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings. The, the third one was the the return of the king um but that's that's my favorite that's a really good answer because it does hit many of those little tick mark boxes just as an aside i want to ask you a follow-up question before i give my answer Mm. i feel like most of the people if they listen to any of these shows before is already going to know what i'm going to say anyways but do you like the lord of the game uh, lord of the rings video games uh yes um i played a few um, I played Lord of the Rings online for a while, actually. Um, uh, and the game itself, I, I won't waste our time with getting into all the things I liked about it, but it had a really un- couple of unique elements to, to MMOs that I enjoyed. And then I played... Um, crap. What's the... Shadow of Mordor. That's it? Yes. Wow. It's like you're in my head. Um, <laughs> but I, I played that one and, and enjoyed it. It's It's not a game I typically enjoy, but I think because it was that and set in the Lord of the Rings, I liked it more than I would have otherwise. And I, I finished it. Um, plus it had it had additional lore that it added to the uh, to the Lord of the Rings universe. So yeah. So I'm just gonna be that basic female dog that really just says the number one grossing film of all time, Avengers Endgame. Um, I loved it and i was hooked on mcu from movie one iron man in what was it like 08 had me and i i followed the films so closely i was so into the characters i rewatched them and loved it and infinity war came along and broke me (laughs) because of what they did to all the people at the end of that movie but the payoff was the payoff of that 10 years worth of movies was so rich and awesome in the theater. And when I watched Endgame for the first time in a packed, crowded theater, and it was so silent that a pin could drop, and you hear you hear Falcon say, <laughs> I can't even say it because I feel like I'm just going to weep. It really, it, it tore me in two. On your left. It tore me in two. And... Then that entire sequence where the portals are opening and out comes every hero that we have fallen in love with over the decade, it really did give me goosebumps from the tip of my head down to my willy lily tilly toes. And I've, I've never really experienced anything like that in the theater before. Um, I've loved a lot of books. I've obviously loved a lot of video games, but television shows. I mean, I've loved a bunch of that stuff, and so many of them were impactful to me, but nothing nothing had the payoff to me that avengers endgame did and it paid off big that was epic absolutely epic okay i have a question for you jason um and you can't say spider-man other than spider-man who's your favorite avenger oh and i can't say spider-man so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with america's ass <laughs> say captain america <laughs> and not That's just an interesting choice i think well, most people would say iron man 
Right. I I love Tony Stark and I love uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony Stark. It's genius and brilliant. But something about the purity of Captain America really appeals to me. You know, much of the character that I play in ESO is built off of of that that incarnation of Captain America. I quote him. That whole language shtick that I do with Cademan is based on Captain America. I have snuck many little quotes that Captain America has said in the films into some of our more epic moments. Some of our the epic speeches that that I've done are are just littered and peppered with Captain America stuff. <clears throat> and, is... and go. Sorry, no, you you were going. Sorry. Well, I mean, that, that, that was really the end of it. I I love the character Captain America because he was a hero before he was powerful. Um, the, when when he was a scrawny little guy and he put himself on that grenade, that moment in that film in, in First Avenger just made me fall in love with that character. That's brilliant. That's what it means to be a hero. He, he wasn't powerful, but man, he was willing. Totes. Um, for those unaware, the language stick shtick jason's talking about is every time anybody in the guild curses i see of course not ooc because goodness <laughs> but anytime somebody does i see cademan always tells them language and they, they're not supposed to curse it it's very funny he other characters even do it too now <laughs> all right t you have to answer your own You're question up. now i do um i'm really tempted to go back to dragon age because i did actually finally beat inquisition um, for the what what time uh for the first time including all dlcs so i did the, uh -huh. i did the full trespasser run um i think this is like my fifth inquisitor though um but i'm gonna default back to my default game and i'm gonna say kotor 2 um and there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of wind up at the end of that game and the different paths that you take you always still end up in more or less the same sort of catalyst moment and then you can talk to the one very important character that's like guided you through the whole thing um and you can ask them like you know why me why has all this happened and she says there is no great secret even here now at the end there is only you um there's nothing else really to be said there is because all of these things all of these choices they came from you and whether that's a meta response as the player or whether it's a very literal response for the game canon itself um it's like it's kind of a celebration in some ways of all the different paths that you could have taken and all the different ways that you could have handled things and the outcomes that are then going to result from that one person's actions and do you typically play kotor as the like a white knight good guy I do. We're all paladins here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's what we do. Also, great game. Also, powerful game. Y'all have great answers today. Damn, we have good taste. We really do. Let's put ourselves on the back. This is why we do a podcast. If you'd like to submit a tea time question for the podcast, head on over to SoakinGaming.com slash SoakinMedia and find the submission bar on the right-hand side of the page. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the quarantine season of the Soken Podcast. We'll be taking a break for a little while to work on some other exciting projects that you can see more information on for that and more on our website, SokenGaming.com slash SokenMedia, on our Twitter, at SokenGaming, and on our YouTube, Soken Gaming Community. The Soken Podcast will return, not in Infinity War, but for Season 6, here in a little while. 
Be sure to check out previous and future episodes of the podcast on Google Podcasts and iTunes. And until next time, I've been T. I'm always Jace. I was and am and remain Leo. And we'll see you soon. Stay classy, Soakin. Thank you for listening to the Soakin Community Podcast. Craving more? Visit us on Twitter and YouTube at Soakin Gaming, as well as our website, www.soakingaming.com. Until next time, stay classy. Right, Jace?